Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsenses? Hello. We're back in your ear holes for episode 211. 211. That's right, that's what 211 is. Of Powerful Nonsense. <laughs> if you're joining us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I am Jim Yildiz. And this is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the millennial podcast. And we're a little chirpier today. The sun is out. The yeah. guns are out. Guns are out. We've just been in the gym. Yeah, pumping. Pumping the iron. Just been destroyed in the gym. Aight. But um, it was a better, better gym session. Less less of a early morning sesh, more of a... Not so early morning session. Pretty much you just weren't a grumpy bastard. Basically, yeah. Which is always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> what, when I am a grumpy bastard? <laughs> no, when you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's much better. I feel like I'm more productive as well when it's later in the day. Yeah. When I haven't got that morning grump on. When the sand isn't still in my eyes. I think it's the sun. I think the sun's bringing the out. The sun's out, right? It's beaming. Summer is coming. Next week we'll be like, it's snowing again in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, the sunlight, man, really does just, like, make getting up in the morning, like, legit easier. All those vitamin Ds. All the, all the Ds. The D, straight into the system. <laughs> really gets you Really does wake you up. No, but like you say, like, when it, that, that light comes through your window, it kind of sets your kind of wake up and sleep schedule mm. perfectly. So mm. I find just, waking up, you just, like, you just wake up naturally. It's like the room's glowing. Mm-hmm. feel like you're walking like, into heaven. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like you're waking up into the cold. Mm. You're just like, I'm going to get up, it's going to be nice and warm, yeah. it's going to be great, and I'm full of energy. It's like the sun is coaxing you out of bed, whereas before it was yeah. just like grey, darkness, snow, and you're just like, Neh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stay here. It's cold, here. it's wet, it's dark. <sighs> I love the summer. Me too, can't wait. I love it. We've got a couple of interesting stories today. A few things that we've talked about before, but had confirmation of uh, via news outlets around the world. Um, and then we've got a little bit of interesting stuff to delve into around technology and um, whether or not computers are going to be able to empathize with our emotions. Crazy stuff. Which be a big game changer. But before we get into that, we need to go into our quote of the week. So, I mean, we're nearly three minutes into the episode <laughs> and uh, the name that always comes up is coming up. This is a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk. I think we're going to have to have like a little sting for every time Gary comes into it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, he's at the beginning. It's in our intro as well, yeah, exactly. so, which is only appropriate. I feel like we need to give like Seth Godin and, and 
uh, James Archer and that a little bit more love. You mean to, yeah. <laughs> I think it's because we're just consuming so much of his content. So it's, like, it's hard not to, right? When you're mm. kind of talking about millennials and entrepreneurship, it's kind of hard not to consume mm-hmm. Gary Vee. And I've, I've noticed actually Gary Vee is really getting into the mainstream now. Like I am noticing, it's like nearly one point five mil like YouTube. Yeah, but like I'm noticing people on my Twitter feed just talking about Gary Vee that I'm like not even aware that you're the sort of person that would be following well, Gary Vee. Crazy thing is like when he says about like hacking culture now, he's like down he's, with all the rappers. I'm like, how the hell is he like hanging out with all the sports stars, the rappers, it. the hanging out with the Rock? Yeah. Like he's got Rock on text. Mental. Like, do you remember that episode of Daily V where he's like, oh, the Rock's just text me? Uh huh. I was like, dude. Mental. Um. Anyway. Uh, his quote, which actually is from several, like several months ago, actually, I remember the episode in which he said this of Daily V on his YouTube channel. Um, he was talking to a young lady who was getting very upset because she was like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life and I feel lost. And his response was, you're not lost. You're early in the process, mm-hmm. which, man, I, I more people need to hear that. Like, literally, particularly people our age, where they're going, oh, 30's coming, I still don't really know what I want to do with my life, and blah, 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 blah. I just feel like I haven't got my shit together, and... Um, so you've got another 60 years of this shit, mate. So yeah. don't worry, you got, like, you're only a, quarter, a third of the way in. Yeah. And you're putting that much pressure on yourself, and a lot of the time it's even people younger than that. It's like, people just come out of, like, university. I was the same. Like, you come out and you're like, no job, that's it, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Put me on the the pile, like, I'm out of there. And so it's, like, crazy that people put so much pressure to instantly be where they want to be. It's like, mm-hmm. for God's sake, like, understand, yeah, you're not lost. You're just literally figuring it out. You don't even know how the world works yet. You don't even know what you right. like like if you've just come out of education it means you have, haven't really been exposed to much of life so how can you say you're lost and isn't it nuts that like at the age of like 13 14 when you're choosing your gcse options that you you've kind of got to have a vision for where you want your life to go at that point and it's like you haven't even tasted enough of school yet let alone like life i mean i'm i'm lucky in that i knew what i wanted to do very early on but i know that that's incredibly rare yeah, I just think uh, schools and education need to understand how dangerous it is to kind of make students think they should know what they want to do and where mm. they should be heading. I think, it's but at the same the time, I do understand like it is important to have a deeper understanding of certain things because I mean, if you ended up doing your uh, GCSEs and you had to do every subject, like you'd not get any deep learning done. I suppose. Yeah, but I don't think nobody when you choose GCSEs, you don't give a crap what you're doing. You're just like, I kind of like this. The teacher's calling there. My mates in that class. I don't think you actually give. Oh, well, I didn't. I was just like, which yeah, one's I mean, got to be, be easy beyond beyond drama. I didn't yeah, really care. And even I did bloody drama, and that was only because the teacher said I was pretty good at it. And I was like, yeah, right, I'll try that then. And probably because you thought it'd be easy. And, and because it would be easy and you get to run around all in the bloody lesson and yeah. put boxes up and stuff. and wear <laughs> Put boxes up? We used to do like all these black boxes you can like pile on and pretend it was a house or pretend it was a boat and all that kind of jazz. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> exactly. And you do warm up, you warm up, like run around the class and like slap each other across the head and stuff. <laughs> He's a bit of zip-zap boing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, also, I think you just need to be careful. If it makes you feel any better, I still play zip-zap boing at drama yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so like, I just think that like young people, especially like I was at, um, I was doing some filming for O2 over the weekend. They were doing like a whole well-being and um, about the link between sort of like health and fitness and actual mental well-being. And it was crazy the amount of young people that like stood up because it was all about 
we had um uh, what's his name oh god the name's gone from my head now uh i forgot the name but anyway there was a celebrity there and he was talking about mental health issues and um so many young people in the crowd stood up and they were like, yeah, I tried committing suicide. My Man. friend committed suicide. It was like so deep and like powerful. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, holy crap, these kids are like 16, 17, 18 years old. And they've like considered committing suicide or they're, they've got friends who had committed suicide. And it's like, shit, a lot of that was down to like the societal pressures on them at that time. Obviously, I don't know all in the ins and outs, but it's just kind of like one guy was like, yeah, my teacher told me that because I had dyspraxia. I weren't going to go very far and that I should look for jobs in this and that. And now he's a dancer, but he was, he was like, he stood up and he was like, he was like really upset. And he was like, yeah, I was dead for 10 seconds and they managed to wake me up. And then I realized actually my worst, my life's worth living. Mm. And it was because a teacher had told him that he'll, he won't amount to anything. And it's like, it's crazy how much pressure, like one thing a teacher can say, like my little sister says the same thing. She remembers that one teacher that told her, no, you can't go and do science because of you've only got these grades. It's like, it's very very dangerous again i feel mm. bad for the teachers because a lots of lot of responsibility <clears throat> to speak to students and kind of try to steer them in the right direction i don't think any teacher says it in a malicious way no. but i think when you're young you really take what they say as gospel and yeah. it's kind of dangerous what you say and so i think it's just like again it's these young people just need to kind of understand that they're only exposed to a very small percentage of life and just because maybe one thing's not working for now there's hundreds of options and that's what i like about what Gary Vee always says, it's like, just understand, like, if you don't know what you're doing, just try a bit of everything. How do you know if you like a certain dish or a certain vegetable if you haven't tried them all? So, like, mm -hmm. just explore while you're young, in your 20s especially. And I think that way, being lost is not always a bad thing. It just means that you've got an opportunity to try a lot of new things. Yeah. Which I think, in a way, kind of brings us nicely to our story of the week. So, story of the week. I'm pretty happy with this one. Pretty happy with this one. Uh, from USA Today, a study suggests that millennials are more interested in freelance careers than normal careers. Boom. Boom! <laughs> like... Shout out. I just... We should just... I just... We should just retire now, I think. <laughs> I feel like we should, like... Well, it's a trend that's just been happening. I think, obviously, we've been quite early on in the podcast pushing, like, I think we are, like, the sort of early birds into this sort of entrepreneurial freelancing yes. ways of and we thinking. said that when we were setting up the podcast. We were like, we are, I mean, two in our own trumpet a little bit, but we were like, this was already happening we're in like America. We are, like, the early adopters of what we yeah. thought where the way society yeah. was heading. But it was so. already happening in America mm -hmm. uh, already, and so, and we were following closely the American entrepreneurial scene. Mm -hmm. And I think then we kind of picked that up and kind of went, okay. Um, and we kind of started talking about that sort of stuff. And, and a lot of, um, uh, even then it was still quite early in the process because I mean, when, when you think about it, when we started the podcast, it was what, 2014, 2013, 2014, something like that, something like that. Um, which means that really like Facebook and Twitter and that were like six years, only about six years old when we started, which means the kind of long tail e economy of the internet was like still in its infancy, really. Mm -hmm. And now the technology and stuff is so easily accessible. 
like easily accessible. Like the programs that you you download, well, you don't even download programs. You just do it all through the web now. The websites are so sleek, like um, drag and drop layer, where we were like learning like HTML just to make right. our website work well. And it's like, oh, actually, right. now they're so simple that anybody can just that's it. Drag and drop and create a website today. Exactly. And so it's so easy now to set up a business. It's it's unbelievably easy. Like you can set up, you can have a business set up and ready to go in half a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that. And I think because of that, um, and also other technologies, um, a lot of professional level, particularly around like social media and things like that. Like, like I, I've many times I've been kind of looking at the stuff that I do on social media and I'm like, there are still a lot of people our age that don't understand this stuff to the level that I do. I mean, I'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm like, I could, if I wanted to take on some social media clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost what I do for my main client anyway, for yeah. my PA work. A lot of it is managing her website and social media stuff as well. Um, so it's like I could easily set up a business like that. Um, and I think so now millennials are seeing the easy opportunities. And also, like, if nothing else, it's the lifestyle thing, which I, I've always had conversations with my dad, which my dad is now starting to understand, which is great. I think it leads with the lifestyle. I think that yeah. is to probably the number one reason people get into it. But then I yeah. think they don't have that business acumen. To, right. So it's kind of, it looks exciting. Mm. It looks like, yes, I want that lifestyle. But like you say, you have to have um, yeah. the backing to actually make it happen. That's it. What were you saying about your dad? Sorry about that. Um, well, I was just saying about how, um, you know, we as a generation value lifestyle and experience over money. We don't measure our, um, our, uh, dreams, if you will. I was trying to think of a better word than that, but we, we don't measure our success based on how much money we have in the bank more as actually our general comfort of lifestyle Mm. and the experiences that we, we can, well, experience for want of a better word. Um, and I think, freelancing allows for that for example i was saying to you um this morning that last night i was i decided to work till one o'clock in the morning on voiceover work so that actually because i realized that actually once i've done the podcast today if i don't have that voiceover work to do today then my day's clear and which is a good day to do it because it's like 20 odd degrees outside clear skies and now I'm like, well, once I finish the podcast, I can just chill out and be completely guilt free because I stayed up till 1am to get my work done. Um, whereas actually, if you're in a standard job, you don't have that choice. It's like, no, we need you in the office between this hour and this hour. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you got your work done overnight. Yeah. <laughs> you still got to come in because yeah. there's still going to be more to do. And it's just things like that that I think we as a generation are starting to go, but surely that's better. I mean, yeah, you've got the pressures of you not necessarily knowing where all your money's coming in, but once you've got a strong enough client base, then actually that's no longer a worry and you have the flexibility. So it's, it's a no brainer, I think. And I think that's what we're starting to realize because also, again, and I think this is partly due to the fact that the internet, right? Because we have so much more information at our disposal. Um, when we went through the school system, we weren't really told about the freelance lifestyle. I, I was writing a blog post actually the other day and I was talking about how I was growing up um, with a self-employed dad normalized self-employment for me. Um, and how <clears throat> as when I was a kid, my dad would go from job to job and and he'd get a new job. And then a few months later, he'd be out of a job. 
and that was normal. Like mm-hmm. the concept of having a job for the enti- one job for the entirety of your life was just so alien to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I think for the majority of people, that's like that's generally what you think is the only option. Yeah, I know I didn't have a clue what even the word entrepreneur even meant. So <laughs> yeah, well, entrepreneur wasn't thrown out as yeah. thrown but even freelance. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't yeah. know that when you see another company that does something, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a business. There's another yeah. business. Didn't know well, I didn't really understand because it was normalised for me. I didn't really understand what self-employed meant either. Hmm. my dad was like well I work for myself I'm like yeah but you've got a job (laughs) (laughs) so it really confused the hell out of me but then once I started going into the working world and 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 training as an actor I started to actually begin to understand what it actually meant Hmm. and um yeah Yeah. I'm just going to throw some of the stats out there so they're saying that 50 percent 57 percent of um is it millennials or young people want to go want to become freelancers in 2018 that's up from 51 percent last year which is a huge amount that's half, a huge jump well over half of the uh, millennials want to do it and they're also saying but four, that's a huge increase up mm-hmm. in 12 months as well for sure and they're also saying that four in every 10 millennials intend to leave their full-time employers to work freelance in the next five years but here's a question right how many of these millennials that are saying this see when they think freelance what they're really thinking is Instagram influencer. <laughs> I hope not. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you not I, think so? No, I think I do. I think what I've noticed. I'd say I'd say probably three of those four in ten. No, sorry, one of those four de- in ten, leaving depends, three of those. It depends on the age group of them. I'm sure that sounds exciting. But I also um like working in my my shop that I have, a lot of people come in, you say, Oh, you work for blah blah and they're like, Oh no, I'm a contractor for them. And I'm like, I'm hearing that a lot more often and I think People are slowly talking around the office before you had a contract and you didn't know what they did. Mm. And now actually you work for us, but you're on a contract. And I think people are seeing that as an option and saying, oh, yeah. wow, you've got so much more freedom as a contractor because it's that, that idea that you said the other day, I'm going to stay awake and get my work done tonight and I'm off tomorrow. A contractor can pretty much do that because their role is to get a job done. Yeah. And I think that's the only change that's happening. Obviously, there's this whole backlash of, oh, freelancing, gig economy. This is just another way to take away certain rights for employers and for employees. And so mm-hmm. I think there's there's definitely a backlash on it. And I think... Again, I think it's one of those things, a bit like we spoke about with tech, I think freelancing, gig economy, I think it's all starting to find its feet. And I think that slowly the process will become better. Like there'll be insurances available for a um, freelance worker. There'll be pensions available for a freelance worker. There'll be all these kind of things that come in because of the shift in um, habits. And I just think that at the moment it's still in that area where some people who freelance doing extra, very, very good. Some people that are stuck in sort of gig economy jobs are getting kind of maybe taken for granted in certain areas. I'm, I'm reading that book at the moment, the one I uh, mentioned, it's about low paid Britain or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it's the other side of it, like the whole gig economy. And it's been quite interesting to read that. But um, yeah, I just think that it's aspirational to be a freelancer at the moment. Yeah. And especially because of the lifestyle, the reality is it's not simple. I mm-hmm. think the people who are doing the people who are doing it well are the people that you're seeing. Yeah. And that sounds amazing. People think, wow, Wayne, you can have the whole Wednesday off because you did your work last night for a few hours. Great. But actually, no, there's a like even to get to that stage. I've got to get that work first. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot more to do. There's a lot of psychological stress yeah, yeah. in it. And so I think, yeah, all these millennials might be happy about going freelance. And I think if, if you are considering it, please go back and listen to our episode where I broke down how I got into freelancing. Because mm. I think that'd be a good place to start just to see what it really takes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's a good move. I think it is going to happen. I think it's, it benefits the employer, it benefits the employee, 
Um, it just needs to have certain sort of like, I don't know, conditions that need to be sort of tidied up and a bit more education on how to pretty much get started. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I know we got to move on into the tech news stuff because um, we're in danger of running long. But do you think that we are getting close to peak freelance saturation in the sense of much of what you were saying of... Uh, yes, freelance is aspirational, but do people have what it takes? Do you think we're close to getting to a point where everybody's going to go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be freelance, freelance, freelance. And then in like two years time, everybody goes, that was a lot harder than I thought. Maybe I'm just going to go back to the nine to five. No, not really. Because I think what's going to actually happen is I think freelance is a push for people to become more specialized as mm -hmm. automation and AI come in that mm -hmm. that's going to take a lot of even high-end jobs yeah. specific jobs and then I think actually like I was reading lately and there's like a, I don't know where I read it but it was sort of saying that actually AI is going to push that everybody needs to be constantly up in their game and so mm -hmm. I feel like the current economy allowed for sort of stagnation in work and I think freelance is a reaction to the fact that actually you can't stop with this sort of digital world we're in now yeah. and so actually ai is going to come in and actually again i just see it as less people are going to be in work there's going to be highly skilled freelancers and i think there's not going to be much else like obviously there'll be employees in companies and stuff but they're going to be very very highly skilled because a lot of the low-end jobs are just going to be automated so mm. i just see it as yeah i think so we're going to be forced into freelance i think we can be forced into freelance and then we can also be forced um out of um set jobs of nine to fives because that's going to be pretty much automated mm -hmm. and because i think a high majority of the work is sort of very um uh, re repetitious yeah so yeah yeah okay cool interesting okay let's dive into some tech news because we've got a couple of juicy stories to talk about okay these uh we got two stories to talk about. They kind of lead into each other a little bit, mm -hmm. he thinks. Um, so one is not a huge deal, but interesting to talk about where we're going. Um, <laughs> I was saying that the BBC buried buried the lead with this headline, uh, but it was for China, BBC China. So uh, maybe <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why. Uh, the headline is Chinaman caught by facial recognition at pop concert. Um, the story, this is what I mean, burying the lead, burying the lead, right? <laughs> we got carried away. This is the story, the <laughs> this, this exactly is my point, because the, st the, the important bit of the story is not that it was a Chinese man. <laughs> that's <laughs> practically irrelevant to the story, but that is what they've led with, with the headline. Uh, um, the point is that the pop concert bit is the important bit, because a, a high-tech CCTV camera um, managed to pinpoint an individual person in a pop concert of like how many 60,000 60, people 60,000 people 60,000 people they managed to be like that person yeah and he had some sort of crimes against him and they managed to find him and pick him out of the crowd that's how good the cctv stuff's getting and they're saying that like china are leading the way with surveillance like they have yeah. the most ridiculous like amount of surveillance so they're not really yeah. a dictatorship are they but they're pretty they walk the line a bit, I think. Mm, a bit on, on watch. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe they are still a dictatorship. I'm not entirely Either way, their technology is crazy good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Particularly, yeah. And and the fact that we're in a world now where in six in a crowd of 60,000 people, they can be like, that's Jem. 
get him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like that sort of technology we have in London for like, you know, when people drive on motorways and a car's been stolen, it scans the digital number, it scans the number plate and then says, okay, he's on this road and it pings the police and like, mm-hmm. they can find you. It's kind of like, wow. It's like that show Hunted. Yeah, exactly. But that just shows you just Which how good. I haven't good. yet watched. Yeah, watch it. It's very good. I need to watch it. That just shows you how like good technology is getting that soon enough it's going to be able to like of crowds of people, mm-hmm. cameras are going to be able to pick someone's face out of the crowd and be like, okay, he relates to this thing that happened or, and it's just crazy. Like then people are all afraid of like privacy and security. Like, is this a step too far now or is it? It's it's it's, it's, a, it's tough, ongoing... isn't it? Right, because it's like, is it for our protection or is it for, um, control? Um, it depends what side of the conspiracy line you're on. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, if it's for our protection, then yeah, sure. But um, power corrupts. Mm. Uh, what's the phrase? Power corrupts. There's another word, but I can't remember. We're not be, we're not that good today on our like no. finishing what we want. I to... feel like my my brain is still in the gym. Um, (laughs) um, but yeah so uh, and i think where where the power to watch people is there it will get used and almost indefinitely abused Mm. um just because people can and uh if there's one thing we know about humans and technology we'll do things because we can not because necessarily we should um it just goes back to that sort of drive for like more and more data isn't it it's kind of like wow now you can have yeah. every single movement where you've gone to if everything's on like tracked in some way you've got mm-hmm. smart meters in your house you've mm-hmm. got health trackers on your wrist you've mm-hmm. got high-tech cameras in the streets you've mm-hmm. got bloody your data allowed online what you're searching right. it's like pretty much they can just build a whole profile on you where you what you do what habits you have how mm-hmm. often you shop what how you sleep how you shag whatever else literally they've got everything on right. data for you basically right. and it's kind of like okay like you say there is it being used in the right way or is it used to just kind of like control if you know it's kind of goes back to that sort of whole facebook thing but can that now it's kind of like we had algorithms on facebook but we're going to have algorithms actually in society right because everyone was like, oh, I click online and that causes something to happen. But actually, what if every movement, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. device you have on you, everything mm-hmm. is tracking everything you do in life, then suddenly there's an algorithm for you. Right. And, and talking about collecting data, the other story, which I think links into this, um, also from the BBC, is that we now have technology available where AI can detect emotions like fear and Fake smiles. Fake smiles, yeah. Through observation of humans, essentially, uh, from collecting various data points like heat locations of the body and... Well, yeah, heat location on the the facial. It can recognise if the cheeks are flushed, that means a certain thing. Mm -hmm. If the, the, I don't know, the eyebrows are kind of scrunched up, that means a certain thing. So can you imagine, to link the two stories together, can you imagine CCTV around London which can detect emotions on a AI level that pings to the authorities and goes, that person looks angry. His and, heart rate on his watch is going right, up. Right, and we also, we also suspect him of uh, terrorism. In the past, he's had this many kind right? of things against him. Yeah. He's heading towards a location gets, he's not usually seen in. It's getting minority report. Uh-huh. level isn't it uh-huh. where it's like we could probably in the same way that facebook has enough data that um pharmaceutical companies have been able to predict pregnancies um before the <laughs> before the the person even knows they're pregnant mm. because of their shopping habits mm. if you can pick up the biometric data on cctv of people walking around the city 
Mm. Like, well, it's like when you go on holiday and that's your, nuts. your credit card pings you and says, "Oh, we've just noticed that your card is in this location." Uh-huh. It's going to be like the the police might get pinged and say, "Wait, why is he in this area? He's never in this area. Uh-huh. Um, is there any reason why he's here?" Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, he's just got a new partner that he's met over this thing who now lives in that area. So, okay, we'll add that to his algorithm and understand that that's a no- that will become a normal pattern of behavior. Right. And then suddenly, or you can just, like you say, if someone is thinking of doing something terrorist, like terrorism, uh-huh. finding out, okay, well, they're shopping in this, they're buying these items, they've, we've seen them in this area, meeting with mm-hmm. these people, they don't usually go to this house, in that house is these kind of people, right. blah, 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 blah. And before long, they've got it all under surveillance. And it's kind of like, again, it comes down to a question of security over mm-hmm. privacy. It's like, yeah. that's the choice we need to make in our society. My, I mean, I know we're getting into a data talk here, but I think it's, I think that's where, that's the real story here, I think, particularly with these two stories coming out around the same time. My brother was telling me when I was in Birmingham this last weekend that he downloaded his uh, Facebook data. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, that's all like a profile of everything he does. Yeah, all this kind of all the data that Facebook's got. And mm-hmm. he was like, he, he was like, you have to really dig into it to really, he was like, but what was really interesting and scary was that fa- in there, Facebook had determined or attempted to determine who he had been in relationships with, <laughs> really? even if he wasn't officially in a relationship with uh-huh. them. Um, and he was like, and what was interesting, he was like, there were some, re- some suggested relationships with like other men and he's perfectly straight yeah, yeah. but he was like he was like the danger of that data is like could you imagine if you were in a strong uh, committed relationship and they decided they somehow managed to download your facebook data and then like facebook was telling them oh well they've been in a relationship with this person who's like one of your best friends and completely and utterly <laughs> like uh what's the word um platonic mm-hmm. like there's no like nothing there at all but they're like well Facebook reckons, like, why does Facebook wouldn't just, like, do you know what I mean? But that's what I mean. Facebook would be some sort of, like, undercover bloody dating person. Uh-huh. They could be like, actually, looking at Wayne's day, he would probably get along with, what's her name? What if we just show him a few more pictures of her every so uh-huh. often? Soon enough, he starts commenting. Well, I've, Soon to- I've told you, I've, I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but I've told you, I've told you the story about when the Jurex uh, advert started popping up on my Facebook page after a girl that I'd been on one date with oh, yeah. was uh, stayed... At my house. Because she logged in on location, right? Uh, she, well, she would have been on Facebook. Which would have logged her but location. But because we'd met on Tinder, yeah. Facebook knew because of the data that Tinder had sent to Facebook yeah. that we were a match. Then we'd gone on a date. So we were in the same location for a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went our separate ways. And then we were both at the same location, this time being my house at yeah. the same time. So Facebook went, well, wrap it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like, so imagine that, but on a wider scale, because now all the cameras that are around a city mm. are picking up biometric data. Crazy. That's nuts. And like we say, if that 5G signal starts coming in, that uh-huh. means that data can be spread as quickly as like yeah. instantaneously. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Does it scare you guys out there? I don't, does it scare you? I don't think so. Like I again, I just think that it is. It, it, it's one of those things with technology. It's just going to happen. You can't really like stop it. Stopping it is only going to take like you a step backwards in right. moving forward in like adapting. And I think a lot of the time it comes down to like, have you got something to hide? Then why are you so bothered? Like, okay, yeah. But the thing is, and the scary thing about this AI thing is. 
You might not even know you have something to hide. Have you? You've. I mean, you've been in a committed relationship for a long time now. But do you remember the days when people used to tell you, you might not, that you fancied someone yeah. before you even realised you fancied them? I've had that so many times. Not really. Where people are like, so you two? And I'm like, what do you mean, you two? And they're like, you two? <laughs> and I'm like, uh... Sure. And then like a week later, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I do really like her, actually. Yeah. Imagine you go out for like a meet, so, you go out for a business meeting, you come back and you're in a relationship and you come back and your computer goes, oh, you seem really happy. Right? How was your how was your meeting with blah, blah? Oh, yeah, went really well. Oh, I can tell. Yeah. And, be like, and then, and then and Siri just goes, do you want me to arrange a date? <laughs> and he's like, Siri's going to be And coming. then you go, uh, sure. Do you want me to order some Durex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy stuff so that's the future we're getting i mean i always go on about the film her because i think it is our future but we're getting so close to that because i mean the the i think the difference between siri now versus her like essentially siri in her Mm. is empathy and the fact that the the reason that these computers are not going to be really proactive is because they can't the only input we give them is our voice but we're now getting into the area of smart home technology if you start putting camera sensors in your home for other purposes beyond um communicating or yeah even just for security but they'll get a point where there'll be so many sensors in the house to make sure that your your smart home works as efficiently as possible that eventually the AI, so Siri or Alexa or whatever you're using, is going to start picking up all this biometric data, right? It might be like, oh, you and your girlfriend have been sitting on separate couches for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Why don't you sit with her this time? It texts you, sit with her this tonight. Mm-hmm. And we'll put on a, a like a movie. Last time you watched this movie, you sat together. Or you uh-huh. watched a movie like this. Yeah. And maybe we could order you your favourite takeaway, which because we know from... But it wouldn't even text like, you, it'd just have a conversation. It's like, you two, do you, you, you want to get cosy? Yeah. Like you've, <laughs> How you been lately? You feel a little yeah. stressed? We've I've noticed you haven't had sex in this long, uh-huh. and you haven't sitting together. Should we? Or if, or if, or if you are sat, <laughs> you are sat on the sofa, right? And it's just nice and quiet. You just sat it's on the just, sofa. It just starts playing and some Barry White. I was just, I was just about to say. You just one person turns to look at the other, and just oh, all, all of a sudden, <laughs> bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you just slowly high five Siri from the like the air. <laughs> Fucking Amazon Prime delivery just comes straight through the door like a, a huge box of condoms. Slides it under the door. <laughs> Let's himself in with the camera. <laughs> That's the future, guys. That is the future. Uh, but, 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 that sort of future excites the hell out of me. What, Barry White? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean... <laughs> No, I mean being able to walk into the house yeah. and for Siri to go, I've got a feeling you're a bit stressed today. How about I order this in just mm. to make you feel better? Like, mm. like the reason I love the film Her is I, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. But the, the intimacy of that relationship with the computer that is essentially managing the person's life is actually mm. like really quite touching and, and it's such it, an inter- and i think particularly for elderly people that is going to be such a game changer but i think as well what's quite powerful about it is it's the holes in your life it's the bits that you kind of 
ignore that yeah. it will pick up on and yeah. it's a bit you don't want to talk about or the things you don't want to yeah. mention it's picking that up and i yeah. think that's the bit where and the beauty of it as well is the ai's purpose is to selflessly serve yeah your for your benefit mm-hmm. and that is just a beautiful thing and and when you're in a position where you can actually have a full-on conversation with your with your with your phone or siri who's basically going you're not well what's wrong mm. I mean, that's so powerful. Cool and that's stuff. all been programmed, of course, by psychotherapists and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other, that the Apple or whoever have brought in to program all that stuff. So when those conversations happen, I just think that's a wonderful future. Well, I just think it's the in. future adaptation of humans, ultimately. It's mm. working with that computer. That's just making humans better versions of themselves. So, mm. oh, Cool. What a great time to be alive. <laughs> what a great time to be alive. Cool. Uh, right. So uh, let's let's wrap it up. We haven't really got time to talk about what millennials killed. So we will leave that for another episode. Um, that was a, yeah, man. <laughs> what a time to be alive. If you've been listening for a while and you uh, haven't left us a review, we'd really appreciate one. Really helps uh, put us up in the charts get the uh, podcast in front of people. Uh, if you don't want to leave a review, though, do us a favor. Just share it with somebody that you think might find it interesting. We talk about a lot of different stuff. Um, particularly entrepreneurship, millennial type stuff. Um, ping it, ping it someone's way. We'd really, really appreciate that. If you've got any thoughts as well, uh, hit us up on Twitter at pn underscore podcast. We'd love to have a chat with you over there. Um, or if you prefer in private, uh, send an email Wayne at powerfulnonsense.com for me or Gem at powerfulnonsense.com for Gem, and that's spelled C E M. Um, that's it. Thanks very much for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you next time. See you later.